0: In lieu of sound effects, bad guys in a box, podding again, love it. We've got Dam here and also...
1: You've got Dom here.
0: You've got Nate here. And you got Angelo here. Good to hear from you all again, boys. How are we all doing this week? The week in, in lockdown. Won't let
2: us out?
1: Surviving, surviving, man. It's one of those things where the the backyards turned into a bit of a playground. So I'm just hoping the sunshine will come back.
2: Yeah, the same. Just cycling, um, eating a lot, like eating way too much. Finding fitness challenges, um, working on my Boris Johnson impression, getting my followers up. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think it's important that on a on, on a podcast like uh, uh, Black Guys in a Box. It, we, we 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 do represent all political spectrum, you know. So we do need the the the, the Bumba Klart, uh, in, in in the group as well.
0: <laughs> a little preview there of Plat Boris
3: <laughs> coming
0: to, uh, a screen near you, hopefully.
3: And yeah, nice. No. Same man, just surviving, surviving, working, cycling. Yeah, just try to find stuff to do, jigsawing. Yeah. My Price. cycling booty
1: shorts came today. Boy. They're not very flattering, Game are they? Game changer. <laughs> Game changer.
0: Mate, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It, it makes back-to-back days in the saddle possible, basically.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I gave him a little test ride today. They're all right. They're very good. Very comfy. Look like uh, a dickhead, though.
0: So, yeah, well, uh, we're here on Tuesday, which means we're a day after the new episodes of The Last Dance. <coughs> dropped. We didn't talk about it last week it's a surprise now we've got four big ball fans here and we didn't talk about it I mean what we've got here is we've got three fully paid up members of the LeBron for King <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you've got an impartial observer so it's interesting to see how these three found documentary so far so you we know, have obviously we're four episodes in now, and they've got sort of dual timelines going in at the minute uh, How, how Have you made it
2: so far, Angelo? Well, what I think is really interesting with what you've said there is that I have found more interesting than the documentary this discourse that you've just said there because I'm not a a paid-up member of the LeBronis King crew. I personally feel that greatness is greatness. If you scale the top of Everest, it doesn't matter if you're the 1st or the 50th, you have made.
0: You're saying that is because
2: he's the second. <laughs> <laughs> but th- but this is it. Is like I find the discourse on 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 the topic just so maddening. Like Michael Jordan was great, you know, unbelievably great. LeBron is great, and you know what, Michael Michael Jordan's uh, legacy is not harmed by LeBron James being great. LeBron James's legacy is not harmed by Michael being great. Um, what I have found interesting, what I want to hear from you guys, is like the whole Tony Kukoc thing. Because I, that, for me, has been the most interesting part so far. Because to be honest, I knew a lot of the stuff about Rodman and about Pippin. But the whole Tony coach thing and Steve Kerr kind of making that toast to... I was listening to him talking on a different podcast today, and he talked about how they have were having a toast at the end of a season. He toasted to Ku coach because he kind of knew that Ku coach had gone through a lot. And I don't know if you saw, also Zach Lowe has written a piece for ESPN about Tony Ku coach, and Tony Ku coach is like, I don't want to live through this again. And obviously, Scotty and Michael made life extremely long for him. And I just find it very interesting how a lot of the stories about Jordan's competitiveness. Um, uh, Nowadays, they're lauded as kind of, this is great. But we've literally just seen it play out with Kobe's career, that when he did a lot of the same things, uh, he wasn't kind of uh, given credit for it. And to a much lesser degree, we saw when Jimmy Butler kind of went into the Minnesota practice and was talking smack to everybody. It wasn't received in the same way. I find it very interesting that Michael's kind of held in this esteem where You know, a story where he basically traumatised this young player for being paid um, is viewed very differently. What do you guys think?
1: I don't think that history looks upon Michael Jordan in a positive way for that kind of thing at all. I think the way that I have understood and things that I've heard about Jordan's profile... 10, 20 years after his career has been very much on the negative side. So we all know how good he was as a player. But in terms of the way he was in practice and the way that he dealt with his teammates, um, other people in the organisation as well, some probably deserved it. But him and Kobe, I think both of them, it's well known that they went too far in certain times. I mean, Michael Jordan punched up a few of his teammates. And we all know how tough Jordan was. Not many of his teammates are going to walk out of that one looking too pretty, are they? (laughs) So I think the The biggest takeaway for me with the um, with the documentary so far is looking at the way that Scotty Pippen was managed. I know we had a bit of a conversation about this in the group and whether we think that Scotty Pippen handled this situation correctly with the contract and not being paid as much as he should have done. I think that is that is not really relevant in terms of his behavior. I think what is more important is the number that someone offers you the first time says a lot about what they think about you. And I think even that was what in the late eighties, early nineties, that's still something that rings true today. When you're talking about sports, you're talking about music, you're talking about entertainment. You're speaking about the job interviews that we would go to if you're fresh out of uni, if you're looking for a career change at our big age as well. That kind of thing it really holds it really rings true to me. And it was I think it was tough to hear because of someone that was such that was so high profile. But then you think if that is happening to Scottie Pippen who was possibly the second best player in the world at the time then that kind of shit imagine how common it is for the likes of us and a layperson so that's my biggest Mm -hmm. takeaway so far and just watching some of those games that I've not seen highlights of Jordan from back in the 80s in particular that boy was different man he was different how quick he could get to the bucket when he was on the baseline I've not actually seen anything like that before it's terrifying
3: yeah and I think that's that's a big thing for me as well like part of it I've, I've read a lot about Jordan seen a lot but I was young you know when I was I mean I'm born in 93 so I missed um, most of it and I've always done it through kind of retrospect so for me this is just another opportunity to find out dig a little bit deeper and I think I kind of have my preconceptions about Jordan anyway from the stories you hear about you know and uh, his kind of upbringing and everything he's been through like it, it moulded him to be this ultra fierce competitor but at what? But for me, it's like at what sacrifice and the the kind of Tony Ku coach, kind of whole saga and experience he had, um, for me is answers that question. Um, but no, it's it's fascinating and I think um, I've not actually watched episode three and four yet. Um, I'm saving them, um, but I've seen all the spoilers. I've seen everything. Um, oh no, episode four. Sorry, I've seen episode three. Um, but yeah, for me the um, the what's it the Pippet and Rodman episode that's number three in it that was just like that was crazy that was just entertaining like I knew how crazy he was but just to see it so consistently across that episode was just like whoa
1: his body must be a mystery to medical science man like how he could (laughs) live like that but still perform at the highest level fully functioning alcoholic by the sounds of things uh oh, and the rest probably.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> when he was doing his his walks, the arena, he always had a can of beer. He always, had a- no <laughs>
1: it's like some Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, what I, what I will say is, I, I, I will put you up there, and I think because he was Jordan is pretty much looked back on as as an asshole, and he's I don't think anyone's lauded in the way he behaved. But I think what this documentary is showing people is that. Yeah, he won loads of championships. Yeah, a bad guy. But they seem like this is this is the cost that he sort of Yeah that, that's that sacrifice that he made. But like, yeah, I mean that that's what it took for him to be what he was. I don't think anyone for a second is saying, well, he's excusing it at all. I think with Jimmy Butler, it didn't go down that well. But I, I was a lot of people laughing at Kat. Cat's probably never we gonna live that down. So I think, <laughs> if anything, I think Jimmy Butler got off lightly for that. Went to two more teams after, his life's you know, it's carried on. Cat's probably
2: been scared by that. Um, uh, the thing is, is um, I, I, it was written in what two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. But I remember reading Bill Simmons' The Book of Basketball, um, and obviously he had Jordan as the greatest player of all time, and he was the first person that I'd seen where he said a lot of the stuff that Jordan was lauded for, um, kind of. And he, he didn't kind of really crit- criticise him. He just kind of pointed out that it's interesting that a lot of the stuff that Kobe was criticised for, Jordan was lauded for. And and I think over the last 10 years, I think as, as a society, as we've become more sort of... Uh, I don't know what the word is, but we definitely kind of have moved away from this idea of winning and masculinity having to come with this tough guyness that jordan has suffered because for a long time after he retired you couldn't say anything against him it was jordan is um unimpeachable as a person and it was as a person because winning trumped everything and i think that that narrative over the last decade in society has shifted and i think it has now negatively impacted it you know his um his Hall of Fame speech didn't help him. The whole kind of deciding to have a Hitler moustache didn't help him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, was it was it the Haynes commercial? But I don't, I, to, to say that kind of he's looked at as a negative figure and that's always been the way it's been, I don't think that's true. I think it's been over the last few years it's changed.
0: I didn't say that, but my point is why is it, it doesn't really matter when, when the swift happens. It, we, this is the way, the, we, we have to live in the now like the documentary's out now and people are going to judge him the people that are judging him now are people who didn't grow up, haven't seen him yeah. the, most, the majority of people are LeBron fans so it's an entirely different generation so the, the, that LeBron generation largely looks at him if they've heard of him at all they've heard about him as not being you know, that good a dude whereas LeBron on the other hand and the, the thing is like I, I said what I said in jest at the beginning but those two are inextricably linked
1: yeah, forever.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, because they- Do you think, more so than Kobe and Jordan the Link, do you think? Yeah, um, yeah. Well-
1: absolutely, because Kobe tried to be Jordan. Kobe copied yeah. everything that Jordan did, so those two get put together because they were meant to be put together, because Kobe forced it. With LeBron, LeBron is LeBron. We've not seen a LeBron before. LeBron yeah. is a new breed. MJ was the first of his kind. So it's, you've got two unmistakable greats. What are you shaking your head at?
2: because Jordan was not the first of his kind um like like I don't want to go too deep into NBA history but check out Dave Thompson check out Dr. J these hyper athletic kind of wing players in terms of style of play we have seen
1: Jordans before you got the Dave the Dave Thompson sevens have you got some of them The Dave Samson 15. So you're talking about just how good he Um... was. We have never we had never seen anything like that before.
2: (laughs) So you're talking more about cultural impact, whereas I was talking about style of player.
1: I'm talking about someone that is a behemoth, someone that is bigger than the sport, someone that is he puts the fear into everyone's eyes every time he gets on there he's got fans around the world admiring him we've never seen that from before Jordan and we've now seen it with LeBron Kobe as great as he was and Kobe is my favourite player of all time but I know he's not the best those two are in a different conversation uh
2: yeah I, it's, yes I don't think there's any doubt on that that like Kobe is one of my favourite players he's not he's not LeBron um but I just I'm Wrestling with this idea of Jordan's place in history because
0: I mean, he's, not wrestle. He's, he's, he's number one at worst, like 1B. If you're arguing lower than that, I just think that you're kind of doing it for the sake of it. <laughs> no, not at all. It's,
2: no, no, it's not at all. he So, the thing is, if you look at the totality of his career. Comes in in the eighty four. No, no, no. But you have you have to do. And this. So what's happening here? And this is my biggest issue. Is that? And this happens not just in basketball, but in life. Is like we kind of make a, de- a decision on how a person is going to be viewed, and we excise too much of the other stuff. So we kill nuance. And it happens. It happens when musicians die. It happens massively when musicians die. So to hear a lot of music fans tell it, Michael Jackson basically died in 1991 after Dangerous. There was nothing. There was no kind of issues with kids. There he didn't release any shitty albums after that. He didn't have the documentary of Martin Bashir. It was like Jordan uh, Jackson was a good guy. He died in 1991, you know. And uh, Roy Wood Junior. actually has this bit about famous people. He, he talks about if. Um, he talks about the value of dying at the right time and he uses Hugh Hefner as an example. If Hugh Hefner died just before the Me Too stuff started, it was like, saved his legacy, saved his whole career. <laughs> you know? and, 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 but the thing with like the Jordan stuff is it's like, like, yes, he was a great player. You win six titles in eight years, you're, you're unimpeachable. But let's not pretend that for the first five, six years of his career, that he wasn't getting bad up by decent teams, which is fine. Decent teams. (laughs) He's getting bad up up. by the bad boys, by the the Boston Celtics, with about four Hall of Famers. Where I get annoyed, you look at somebody like, so Kobe takes a lot of, not criticism, but, you know, when he misses the four threes against Utah, and that's held against him. Which fine it should be. You miss four threes in the final minute of a game. That's that's bad. But then and then I look at LeBron and it's like LeBron kind of takes his team to the 2007 finals, which they have no business getting to. But then the narrative becomes well, he his team got swept in the finals. It's like I give LeBron more credit for getting to the finals when your second play best players like flipping Booby Gibson, than I do for him being knocked out in the Eastern Conference Finals
0: that's fair but the 2007 thing has been blown out of all proportion they I look looking at something the day, they basically played three lottery teams without yeah. the best player yeah. on the way there that, you can look at it I'll send you the single link they played three lottery teams on the way to the final
2: to get there basically and then that... S- sorry three lottery teams were in the playoffs is that what, you, is that what you're saying
0: the, the, the three teams they played were not, did not have the best player and the records were those effectively of, of, of awful teams lottery teams essentially so this is like, this is, but this is, I think this, we've been too fans to read here when we're talking about the two best players of all time. I get what you're saying. You've got to take the whole, the whole body of work. But what you're telling me is you're saying someone who's eight out of eight and a half out of 10 for all of their career is better than someone who hits 10 out of 10 for 75% of the career. That's what you're saying.
2: No, that's, that's a bullshit analogy and I do not co-sign it. Absolutely not. I am saying that LeBron is going to average twenty six eight and eight for his career. If you want to play the numbers game, if you
0: yeah, your your thing is you're saying like although Michael Jackson's had these like, these transcendent points, <laughs> he's made bad albums after that. He's got that's got to bring him down.
2: No, no, it's when we get into dis- no, it's when we get into discussions like this because we don't do like the difference with music is that I don't think there's a lot of people that would go, who was better, Michael Jackson or Prince. You can go, actually, well, they both make good music and you can appreciate it and they're not in the competitive business. And, and you know, that's very different. But people love to compare the two of them. And I am on record as saying I don't compare the two of them. I think once you reach a certain level, which we call greatness, you're in the club. You don't need to be competitive. You know, if those two are in the same draft, I'd want the number two pick because i'd be very happy with, with whoever didn't get picked first because that chip on their shoulder would then fuel them to be the greatest version of themselves forever that's completely different what i am saying is that there that we because we've grown up with lebron we have been able to deconstruct every single one of his faults and flaws uh, in real time um, and because also that the game the, the game of basketball is so much bigger now than it was when jordan was playing it is a, a, you know they lost like what was it All like oodles of money with the whole thing that happened with China at the start of the season. It's such a much, much bigger game. So the spotlight is much bigger. What I'm saying is that Jordan as a player did have flaws. I'm not saying it doesn't I'm not saying that he's therefore worse than LeBron because I genuinely don't know if I think he's better or worse than LeBron. I'm saying that narratively, it's better to have retired earlier. You know, Dan, me and you talked in the group chat where it's like we're a lot better rugby players now in as we kind of go towards retirement than we ever were as players. And the truth is, actually, I've watched National League basketball, junior basketball in this country, and these kids would beat the shit out of all of us. I don't care how good we thought we were, these kids have grown up with basketball. They didn't have to do the kind of watching Channel 4 at 3 o'clock in the morning to kind of catch kind of highlights from the conference finals. They grew up in and around it. So it's like, it's impossible to do, but what I want is a, is a consistent standard applied to past and present and just an appreciation of greatness, because that's what they both want. It's are.
1: impossible because the, the yeah. circumstances that people were playing in were completely different, so it isn't possible. Mm. All you can do is judge them on their impact culturally, how good they were as a player, what they've won, and that's it, and that's all we're doing. And I think when it comes to those two, those two players, those two players are pretty difficult to separate. I think when you introduce
2: culturally though then it's then I, that's where again, I struggle again because if we're doing culturally I'd say the second most important basketball player of all time is Alan Iverson yeah but that's not the conversation we're having <laughs> but, but what I'm saying as soon as you introduce culturally you, you've introduced a metric that's very much not to do with what they do necessarily on the court
1: and Alan Iverson was an amazing player but we all know that his cultural impact transcended how good of a player he was because he was incredible for what Say six, seven years, but the impact mm-hmm. that he had on the league is still being felt today, and that's not to do with how good he was as a player. In terms of Jordan, in terms of LeBron, both of them had a huge cult, have and have had a huge cultural impact. But that's just one part. That's just one part of a huge, huge pie of all these different items that makes them the two greatest of all time and like you say we're splitting hairs it's impossible to ever mm. say who is really the best because we're never going to see them play against each other they're all playing against different teams so it's impossible but at the same time those two they deserve to be in that conversation together And i don't think anybody else is getting in that party
2: Ooh, magic's in that party magic's in that party couldn't say
3: i was uh yeah, I was, I was definitely not even a twinkle in my, you know, my mom's eye. <laughs> <But> then... <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. I, I, I
0: don't think Magic could put himself in that party, to be honest. No. I don't. I don't think he put himself in that party.
2: Magic said, Magic said, LeBron was, uh, Magic said, Kobe was better than him, and I'm a huge Kobe fan, and not even I believe that.
0: But I think that speaks a lot to about like the type of person Magic is as well. So that's to his credit. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 always good, especially at a time like this when there's nothing else going on. Like you were saying, it's the thing with Jordan is it's it's a time just that we that we remember, but it's just out of reach. So it's just fascinating to sort of see these things and like yeah. have a window into the past. So yeah, looking forward to next week's hit. Absolutely. Right now we cut to order of the week, Soundclash. 2000 to 2004, long awaited, Dom demanded first hit, demanded it, I need it, it. I've got to have it,
3: Um, but before we dive in, uh, how do do you find it in general, Uh, Nate? Uh, Yeah, I really enjoyed it, I think, this was really weird for me because I wasn't the first or the last pick, so like, when you're the first pick it's like, yeah cool I can set the tone, um, when you're the last pick You can kind of read What everyone's gone And kind of You've got a bit of time To kind of get sense of where The direction may be going uh, Whereas like When you're second I can't lie When you played still tip Because I was I was expecting diff set out for a minute I can't lie <laughs> I was expecting Because I just thought Yo let's do it Just do it um, In my head I'm like Hoping for it And then when you played Still tip and I was like Looked at my list And I was like Ah I'm Not too much on south here Like Oh, that era. Because, yeah, so it was just really... It was just a different experience. It was really fun.
1: Um, Hard work, though, wasn't it? Hard work. Oh, my,
3: like, it's like I'm so tense for that two hours. Like
1: Man, yeah. this has been by far the trickiest to pick from. So as you guys will full well know, I tried to make a shortlist um, about a week before we did this. And that shortlist turned into over 100 songs in a matter of minutes. <laughs> so it was... This was tricky. This was so, so tricky, man.
0: I mean... I actually did the least research for this one because the weird thing was because I was going last, I, I remember the era anyway, and I thought there were five or six songs which I will just play. I just It doesn't matter. I didn't need to look for them, I'll just play. But because I was going last as well, I was like, well, I'm just going to be permanently on the back foot here. But then <laughs> like, about an hour before the clash, I thought, okay, let me just put, let me just put some songs down. And then when, when, when the first song was played... And I was like, oh, go on, I warned him all week. I said, do not open the door for man, because we will be on you, said, be on you if you open the door. Um, I mean, it, with hindsight, I will say this with hindsight, it, it, it's a great song. It is a great song, but it's, it's not the song to be leading that with. I'm just saying. I'm I'm not sure.
1: I'm really, really not sure that we can talk about this and argue right till the cows come home. But I genuinely think that is one of the most important hip-hop songs of the last 20 years. I genuinely do.
2: Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Save that. Save that until when we get to having to defend the track.
0: Yeah. You think it's one of the top five songs? Well, no, you misheard me. You, misheard me. you misheard me. No, you misheard me. Most, <laughs> most
1: important. Most not important. And I think. What do you mean, most important? I'm going to get onto like... that. I'm going to get onto that. This what? guy
0: thinks it's Black of the Berry.
1: No. Like, uh uh-uh. you... uh-uh. <laughs> Important. Important is measured in many different ways. Measured in many different ways. You wait until it's my turn to argue for that track. I I really enjoyed it. I think that. As, as you
2: guys will well know, I, I the closer we get to the modern day, the more redundant I become in these clashes, because, <laughs> like, 1990 to 1999 was really my hip-hop sweet spot. Uh, because once we get kind of to 2000, and I get kind of into sixth form, going off to uni, my music tastes really broadened. I was still listening to hip-hop, but not in that kind of religious way. Like, I wasn't doing as much playing basketball where kind of, like, the playlist was so important and, you know, like, you want to sit in the front so you can play, like, your mini-disc player just to yourself and all of that. Um, old Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but that said, um, I was I was stunned, stunned, I tell you, when I heard Still Tipping is the first track. But what it then did, if it was a mind trick, it was a very effective one because I was like, okay, well, I can just play whatever the fuck I want then because... <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to any of this shit um it just i didn't understand fighting so hard for the one pick and then selecting chris
1: middleton when lebron james was in the draft that that is the wildest boukiest shit i've ever heard man you your speakers must be dead if you can't listen to that track and realize how big it is that track that beat is we. Re- no let me let me stop let me stop We'll
0: do this in a second. <laughs> well I was just gonna just go into the next segment. If you wanna if you wanna round if you wanna rebut that, the
2: war is yours. If I want to rebut that still tipping should have been the number one pick. Just that it should have been included. Uh, well, it didn't make it wasn't on my long list. First of all, it was not anywhere close to my long list. When I think of Dirty South or just the South in that era, there are two artists. That should have made it ludicrous. Who didn't even make the flipping clash? I had at loads all. of
3: lud on my list
1: as well. Do you know, um, how, far, yeah, do you do know how far Atlanta, Georgia, and Houston, Texas are away from each other? You can't just <laughs> say dirty South and include the two together. Atlanta, Houston has nah, such Atlanta's a different. specific sound, and Atlanta has such a specific sound. The two come on, man, that's just lazy. So, and then the other artists well, because
2: Atlanta was the South, uh, because you also had um, Outkast. Um, and you're just not telling me that they had, st- you had all of Stankonia and all of Speakerbox Box, the Love Below to choose from, and you went with Mike. Jo- Mike Jones wouldn't have picked Mike Jones as the number one pick for this era. Who was
1: who was picking based on the South here? Who was picking that? This wasn't a. What was your favorite song from 2000 to 2004 from this particular part of the country? Battle. Let me get into my argument now, right? So you're ta- you're talking about the South. <laughs>
2: i been- Cool crowling, steel bowling in the mix. It's that six, six long dix, lemickers sticking your chick. Pullin' tricks, looking slick at all times when I'm flipping. Ball sipping car dipping, great wood, grain grippin', steel tippin' out
1: for weapons. So Jella was talking right then about the South. And Atlanta was the South for a very long time. you had Florida as well. Then boom up until 2004 when that came out, we'd only had Scarface and Little Tro that had sold a million. Mike Jones came out and hit still tipping then we had chameleon there we had paul wolf the influence that that track brought around in terms of popularity of houston and houston sound in hip-hop gave birth to sounds like asap rocky this is any early asap rocky it's that houston era
0: that swag. the amount of shout outs that, that
1: Drake was doing to that era back in those days as well.
0: Winter, and I
3: be that always comes
1: back. From Paul Wall, Slim of Mike Jones and on and that still tipping track. Culture, we look at the long line t- the Candy Paint, Pimp My Ride, Grills, Chopped and Screwed, all of that coming from that area. Then, on top of that, that track didn't even just do bits in the US. Come over here you've got some of the biggest Gu artists in the UK that were all jumping on
2: that beat so I gotta lick down any imposters lick your head like it's one of the
1: most commonly used beats when it comes to freestyles the production is ridiculous Honestly, there's not many tracks that I want to hear on a big system than that because the, the 808s in that absolutely stupid. It's been sampled so many times. Mike Jones, I don't even care if he can rap or not. Paul Walter was the only guy out of those three that I'd even listen to again. But that song sometimes you strike gold, and that song struck gold.
0: Bro, it's not even uh, half the song. Dip's anthem is uh, like,
2: uh, what is this? What is, what is going on? <laughs> Nate's face is brilliant. Nate just looks confused. I
3: was we lost. Nah, we're just all I confused. Lost. I had everything. I had. I mean, no, I'm not confused because I, I can I understand your argument. I get why you would pick Still Tip, and I think it's a valid first choice. However, there is just in, in my world, there was only one choice you were going to make, is it? My second track I play I was I was all built around you playing Dipset. I was like, boom. I was like, boom! He's gonna play this anthem. I'm playing Cameron straight after that. That's i nice connect. I stuck with it anyway. Time nothing left. I had nothing. Le- I was like, sat here thinking, what can I play? And I was like, I'm gonna have to stay with this move. I'm like, fuck! I'm just gonna ah oh, whatever. Like That's I going. said in the group chat. Like I said in the
1: group chat. My first three picks. They were going to be the first three picks. It was just depending on which order they came in. I didn't care what anybody else played. That's why I wanted to go first. Because I was like, this time I'm not responding to anyone. I'm going to play the tracks that I want to play. And that's what I did. And every single one of them knocks. And Jello, I think you're the only person that doesn't realise how much that song bangs.
2: <laughs> sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll, I'll rep for the older heads that are just like, wow, you had... You had the entire canon of hip-hop music from the years 2000 to 2004, and you came up with still tipping. Like the thing is, is like, Nate doesn't have to defend uh, the mystery of chess boxing. I don't have to defend back that ass up. But there's only one guy has had to defend their number one pick. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, and in the same breath that you've got to defend Get Your Walk On, which is the worst song that we've even had in yeah. any of the sound clashes up until this point. We trick a whole
2: fantasy fifth a problem what i call it a gift.
1: exhibit make the whole continent ship yeah you invading your territory in a blaze of glory your soul by yeah, a country that would, mile what the one that's not on spotify and i'm the yeah. head here and you're going for yeah. rare beast cuts that aren't even on fucking spotify Come on, right okay so
2: first of all if we're going to kind of say that a trap that's not on spotify Therefore, doesn't have value when we started this exercise that means dr dre has no value so that 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 argument's out the window straight away dom the second the, 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 the second thing the second thing that i will say look i can defend my son or i can defend get your walk on because not either of them need defending um the second thing that i will say is get your walk on is the third verse of that is lyrically exhibit at his best on that album. You go back and listen to that album. Go back and listen to that album. Beats-wise, yeah, there are some... disgusting beats on them. Lyrically, we go back and listen to it. I just find this whole exercise <laughs> hilarious because I'm clearly the only one of us that isn't kind of going on to pitchfork NME, reading what's like clipping Jay Caspian Kang has said about these albums. Bro, you're the only person here
1: that wasn't listening to the music in that era. You said it yourself, you switched off from hip hop in that era. We were all living and breathing
2: it at that time. And so what I did is I just picked the tracks that I was listening to at that time. Get Your Walk On is an unbelievable track. Also helped to kind of speak about the... um, What was going on in his part of Los Angeles at that time. It's just song that doesn't need defending, and it slaps to this day. Dan?
0: I mean, well, what you were doing was you were asking people on Instagram what you should pick, is what you were doing. You weren't going on, on pitchfork you're just asking the people what you
2: should play It characters so i put that on the i put that through the black guys in a box thing to try and create engagement but sure i'll go with it i'll go with it let's carry on first of all
0: and then secondly look exhibit is he, he's a monster he is a monster we all love exhibit we're not saying i mean it's not everyday lyrical miracle right we're, it's a sound <laughs> clash we're not turning down the bass Miracle, what is this this is like this is the only reason i i i you well you felt like i came on top that's the only reason i had a chance in this because i feel people just drop the ball ahead of me constantly and i was just like oh, i'm just gonna play these fucking songs
2: i've never can i say before sunday i've literally never heard any criticism of get your walk on i've li- like i'm so surprised it's i can the understand song, i can the understand choice. i can understand if you guys were like defend mice on the truth and i could go into this whole thing about how early 2000 2001 2002 hip-hop it was the era of the mixtape album where you had Viola we all know that we sounding, were living that <laughs> uh lyricist lounge one and two you had a gangstar doing the jazmatazz like so if you really want to capture the sound of that era and I was listening to all of those albums too and the My Song one just again the the beat slaps the sample with um, A Few Good Men is just absolutely legendary um, I could understand if you went for that because you guys were too young to have heard that clearly uh, like literally and that's not even me throwing shade Nate I can't imagine that your yeah, mom yeah, was yeah, allowing yeah. you to listen to Violator at nine years old um, but with the, with the, I just like in two, fa- Restless, there's no, to, to be clear, we all agree that Restless is kind of an album that demands respect, right?
1: Jello, no one is slandering Restless and no, no one one's slandering sh- the song. No. Okay, cool. The song so, is a good so song. but the not... the
2: tracks that are on there. So let, let, let's, let's go through this. So the tracks that are on there, the only two tracks that you could be, like, supposed like, to have, oh, have a minute. It, this. this is way over a, a minute. X and front to back, right? I'd have played, uh, what X,
1: do you call it? Uh, X or Multiply. Yeah, I'd
2: paid multiply ahead of that. One hundred percent. Okay, that that's that's. I will take as I often say in uh, emails to in business when I want to say go and f yourself. I will take that under advisement. <laughs> <laughs> the passive aggressive emails, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Speaking of defending oh, yourself. Speaking yeah, of I'll... defending yourself, Nate. You yeah. played the sellout track. Remember what old Dirty said. Alright,
3: let's just establish a few a few positions right here. Number one, you can't question my integrity when it comes to Wu-Tang. You can't, it's not it's not it's not even possible. Wu-Tang is probably the closest thing, listen, Wu-Tang is probably the closest thing I have to religion, you know, in this fucked up world, so there we go. Number two, yeah, it's a soundtrack, yeah, I'm trying to play something for the people then, yeah, if I play Protect Your Neck, that's fine, that's fine, my personal choice, maybe I should have, after I've Gravel Pit, I was like, oh, Protect Your Neck, should have really gone with that, however, you play Gravel Pit anywhere and not get reaction, it was huge, it was global like it was massive so i'm not having this once again don't make me pull up the certification to see where it went platinum and gold and all this kind of stuff but that track it's the music video in fact who remembers the t-rex bursting through at the start it was mad so that for me validated my choice. I don't even care. For I'm the not part mad at it being on.
1: there. I'm not mad at it being. Yeah, me. you know what
3: I'm saying. Like for me, you go play that anywhere on a Friday night, you know, pre pre current situation, it would get a raise, a reaction. It. It's a classic, said and done. But I I will concede in saying, protect your neck is probably the better choice. I, I, okay, I'm reflecting. I probably say i protect your neck, but in terms of class, but yeah, gravel gravel fits funny. It.
1: it was on my <laughs> long list. I'll tell you what it was not on my long list. Exhibit, get your walk on.
2: <laughs> yeah, and still tipping wasn't on mine.
1: Yeah, because you've got dead taste. And if
2: I'm going to be really honest, neither was Dipset Anthem.
1: Like, yeah, we well then your, your our argument all falls face. down. If you've yeah. not even got Dipset on there, your argument falls down. There's no water to your <laughs> oh, 2000, 2004 face. Oh nah, nah,
2: nah, nah, not having it. These youngsters, these under these under thirty bald dead boys, just thinking they got oh. in the game.
1: Like, Man, stop hey. it! Look, stop don't, it.
3: look, don't just because you're under the cosh, don't attack the hairline.
2: Bro. I'm not it's, under the cosh. He's got his claws out. He's maxed
1: in that corner.
2: Guys, <laughs> look, we can always put it to the people. We can always put our songs up and just say, "What do people think?" I, I'm happy with that. Now, nah, but you've already been a little teasing and engaging and softening a No, bit no, I, I'm You're
1: happy with smoking. that as well because on the yeah. um on the Instagram oh, stories, oh, fair, a couple of people, track, so a fair. couple of people on the Instagram story did make a comment about still tipping. No one said shit about getting your walk on, so <laughs> the people have spoken.
0: <laughs> what I will you say... say then? <laughs> I was going to say, I've, got, uh, I've, I've opened up my long list here. There's a lot of songs here, which, you know, I thought we'd hear and um, we didn't hear. And a lot of these... Nate you say I, I, I get a feel. Yeah, you wanted to go down the commercial avenue. Like these, you could have gone down the commercial avenue, and they're all better songs than the ones you picked. i well, just, we will we'll skate through them. We'll Looking magic stick. If you're into that, you know, it's it's me to era. Not sure we can go with that. <laughs> 50 cent in, it, 50 cent in the club.
1: We couldn't have we couldn't have two finished songs from the same album, man. We can't do that.
0: But 50 said in the club was I mean no one could have really argued with that. But no. I, I, men, I, I, men.
1: I, thought I thought many, many men would played. played. Yeah, yeah but we played play, What's Up Gangsters, gangsters.
0: I was like, exactly.
1: Ah. It was the second pick.
2: Was, I, I can't can go, go straight, straight after, after like, like
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Um, we played the Kanye one. You played the right Kanye one at the time, but the other one I was thinking of the obvious best song on the album was Get Them High.
1: Yeah, but um, it wasn't a release, was it? That's the only reason I went for slow jams. Fair. Um,
0: yeah. uh, Black Rob,
1: whoa. That, that was on ever. my short list. That was on my short short list as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, I was. I wanted to. I wanted to drop that yeah. banger. Can I, uh, so, guys, talking about songs I thought would make it where I didn't play it because I was like, I want to give somebody else their flowers when they play it. Uh, I really thought, oh no, most definite dog Pharaoh would make it. Um, uh, I thought danger Seven by Mystical old oh, uh seven so seven days remix is on there yeah, seven days yeah. remix is on there danger mystical i thought that would make it um i thought i thought at least one outcast song would make it and the only reason i didn't pick outcast is because i picked them twice already um but i thought bob B. or tomb of the boom which i just think is unbelievable this is oh,
1: it you're not gonna put Tomb of the boom in a sound class to people on instagram that's like you, a deep cut on the album the fuck off um <laughs>
2: I thought uh, ugly by Bubba Sparks.
1: Yeah, I'd have a that
2: huge track mm, when it came out.
1: I'd have had uh, some David Banner Elliot, and some get your um, hot
2: boys. And hot boys. who's that? Missy Elliott, get your
1: free con. Yeah, i put Missy Elliott in there.
2: Um, um we've got Scarface, my block,
1: David Banner, yeah. like a pimp. That's a big <laughs> thing that should have been on there. I will tell
2: you, Andrew, just to put you up there, I
0: mean, hot boys.
1: Unless you're playing Hot Boys remix, I
0: don't
1: want to know. Yeah, I agree. Bad, bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's in the
0: nineties
2: though. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty No, 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 Hot because Hot Boys is off the So Addictive album. I'm not sure. Um, Ghostface Killer, Cher Shayla Ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, sh- oh no, we did have Shine because Nate sniped me. Um, no, I
1: miss it, Hot Boys was in 99. I knew uh, it. Uh, LL Cool J, LL Cool J Ill yeah, that was right at, the, had, right at the start of the decade. Uh, what's what's LL Cool J? Forget, forget about it with Mather and Red. Red. I, I had that. that, that, was, that one. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, and then the one that I really thought would get played, like, I'm genuinely surprised at all. Well, I'm not surprised at me because I know why I didn't play it, uh, was Dead Press Hip Hop.
1: That should have been that played. Was,
2: that was the last one I had. Like, when I was, I was,
0: the last one I thought, should I close this out with hip hop? But my, my thing with that song is, and it's annoying, for what the message is, it, it, I just feel it's become so commercialised yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird yeah. it's weird yeah. it's basically weird is it. an
1: anti-commercial song isn't it
2: <laughs> yeah I can't I can't be part of that now I mean <laughs> the the last two um, Akon Locked Up no nope. and <laughs> and Styles P Ferramonch
1: My Life so the one that I meant instead of The Rock Wilder was um, React Eric Sermon and Redman that was a huge oh, okay. But then you played um, yeah. you played the better tune. You played the one with Marvin Gaye instead. So I was like, no, that's cool. Yeah, music. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just, yeah, I've got a couple more here. Uh, Uchi Wally.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's playing that in 2020? Who's playing that in 2020? It would have been the, the Instagram video. Would it have just
0: been me trying to search for a bit I can play? <laughs> <laughs> The bitch of coming off in the
2: pussy villa. Oh god, oh we're oh. cutting that out. No, no, so so question I do want to ask. Has kind of 2020 and the era that we're living in, has that made big differences to the songs that you would have
1: picked? Just before I answer that question, we didn't play any jar rule, which is pretty mental. Which given how much jar rule was huge in that era but i think the reason i didn't pick a lot of the like the jar rule and a lot of
3: the um kind of dead prez is yo i used to work in the nightclub oh no i used to work in the nightclub for four years so you don't know how many times i heard these tunes so they were never going to be on my list like i respect them i love them but i would never ever pick them because i just spent countless hours of my life
1: that's fair you know and, and, you yeah you know, know what i mean, mean so but,
3: yeah but i think i don't know angelo because for me in terms of like has 2020 affected it and the situation affected it to be honest like most of the tracks I picked from like were what I was listening to then like so I don't the only thing maybe would probably be a lot more ludicrous because he was like Chicken and Beer was like one of my favourite albums growing up I remember like buying it and just mm. being
1: like oh. shout out Sonny man yeah. that was man like Sonny's favourite album back in those days
3: yeah trust. he was already in there he was already like getting on to us about joining one as a little guest uh, we'll have to bring him in. His taste
2: is solid enough. Uh, what about you, Dan? Yeah.
3: What I will say
0: is I feel like part of it is like, it's, some of the like outside. it's not poppers like all but some of it is like, I'm I'm a big man, you know? Like some of the music was good then, and it's just not, it just doesn't slap now. And I feel mm. like it just, it was very, dis- especially at that time, it, they, were very, they were chasing aggressively that particular sound like, I don't think Nelly's stuff stands the test of time to no. that much. Like Jar Rule stuff certainly doesn't. Like no. that whole sort of <laughs> mafioso thing going on <laughs> doesn't really, just doesn't move the needle anymore. <laughs> so, like I don't go back to Fifty Cent that much now.
2: So do you
1: not? Many men stands up. Many men stands up. The whole of the album for me, I absolutely adore it, and uh, quite a lot on the G Unit album as well. Beg for mercy. Yeah,
2: that was big for me. Um, so, oh, Dom, sorry. Uh, same question
1: Um, not not really no so the only place really and I hate to say this that I have had to kind of censor the music that I listen to from that era is in my bashment of reggae because it was just mad mad homophobic back in those days and it shit that mm-hmm. it, just, it just makes me cringe a bit too much but I think the one thing that really I'm surprised doesn't translate well with hip hop from that era to today is a lot of the hip hop R&B combo So where you'd have The hottest R&B singer On the hook And you'd have the rapper On the choruses Or vice versa mm. So many of those Back then were huge But I just don't think it translates translate now Which is weird Given that the line Between hip hop and R&B Seems to be even Blurrier than it was Back then But like I was thinking mm. About tracks like Fabulous So Into You Which was a big tune And I, I can still listen To it on occasion now But it's just I listen to it And I'm bored So many of those J ja Rule tracks I'm like yeah The production's great But I'm bored so I'm surprised Mm. they don't translate that well anymore
2: well what's interesting is I think that I completely agree with that point but I think the ones that do translate extremely well now when you did the hip hop uh, dancehall and hip hop reggae uh, mixes those ones so like I led off with Foxy Brown that track to me still is is like if that dropped now people would be banging it because there is something about that mix that is much more fitting for this time um, great song that. It's a great song. song. Huge, yeah, huge one. Um Yeah. So the reason I asked the question is because I think I've made a lot of. I had I had to make a lot of changes because I'm listening to the songs. And my thing is, could I play this around all my friends, like people that I'm actually close to? If I played this song, would they feel, you know, like okay with it? And a, a lot of it, the answer is no. So, and and even then, I've still played so. What's what's been funny is I lean more into the tracks that are much more gangster, where it's just about killing in general, <laughs> than because these rappers, there there is a lot of what I would call homo curiosity. I don't know if that's a phrase, but why were these rappers so fascinated by telling people, look, if you don't like me, what I what I want you to do is suck my penis. <laughs> that's such a weird. If you don't like me, then you get. Could... It, and it's, an, it's a quite aggressive invite it's just it's just bizarre it's just bizarre so yeah uh, I definitely had to make some changes um, but I don't mind I that think- because we're changing as people
1: shout out to Kanye think- on that because that was one of the best <laughs> things that Kanye did in the first half of his career I think he was on Sway or something he went on the radio and he was taking all the rappers to task up, why is there so much homophobia in your music and I know it's wild and I'm not, I'm not going to start defending Kanye on anything else but it was pretty um, it was pretty radical of him to be talking like that back in the the latter, the latter half of the 2000s because it was rife. It was rife, man.
2: I think there was... Uh, yeah, sorry, Dan, go on. I was just going to say, and
0: then, what? Two albums ago, what did he do on Father Stretch My Hands Part 2? What did he say? Yeah. Oh, what did so, he say? Uh, <laughs> About the bleach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, let's... Let's put, let's put this in perspective about
2: <laughs> the thing is though the great thing about hip hop is it's, is it's the great thing about hip hop is it's broad enough that you know I grew up 99 DMX releases an album you've got uh, big puns in between Capital Punishment and Yeah Baby obviously died just as Yeah Baby is coming out like very like very there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't hold up but it's also the same area that you've got Black Star, Black on both sides. You've got the Roots doing their thing. You know, so it's this it's I'm always more interested in what was pushed and promoted and why because I feel that there is an alternative timeline where the kind of raucous record sound takes over and hip hop goes in that more for the purposes of this that Kanye early Kanye direction a lot earlier because those guys were talking about that
0: I was. I, I feel like though it, it, the, it took the path it was meant to take. Those yeah. guys were still selling, and they were exactly. still doing what they were doing. And I still feel like it was. It was a pretty dominant cultural sound. When you when you see films like yeah. uh, um, I forgot not it's called where she asks him when you first fall in love with hip hop. It was all over music, all over movies. That kind, that raucous sound. like It was. It was had a, like a heavy cultural weight. And then out of that, you then got Little Brother. And out of Little Brother and Fonte, yeah. Come exactly. Drake. Yeah. Drake comes Kanye so it's yeah it's it's there's a continuum there and I think it, it did play its part and it was it had it, it did punch its way
1: of course it does that I mean you've got to look at it like this it's exactly the same today so I mean I think 2017 we saw Kendrick get a Pulitzer for um, damn that same year Drake had more life so we got passion fruit that's selling hundreds of millions and gazillions of records and units but there's one that's going to stand the test of time, and it's the one that we herald for what it is right now because we're fortunate enough to listen to it with that ear. And I think that was exactly the same back in those days as well. You had the records that were made for the radio that fit a format that sound, sounded a certain way in a club, but then you had the stuff that okay, this is music, this is going to last, and this is going to live forever.
0: I don't respect any of those sales. I don't respect a single one, last one of them. <laughs> yeah. I
1: don't
0: respect any of them
1: because the stream it's, farming.
0: It's, no look it's a stream farming there was that whole that spotify takeover was the most sinister thing disgusting Disgusting. Mm, um and it's it's the same with like what they call it max martin and x-factor this is basically what they do but drake fronts it and then they get their stable of producers and creators and they run it through the algorithms what do people like the sound of oh people want a tiktok song so let's push one of those out I don't care I don't, make, make people have to go out and buy those songs physically yep. and you see what happened he's, he, the last two yeah. albums he's not been able to chat to Kendrick at the top end because exactly. he's physical sales because it's, it's, it's just disposable rubbish you say it'll stand the test of time it really won't yeah. I'm quite confident to come back in 50 years time and uh, you know he's, he's, a couple of his freestyles will still be here who? But, eh? who? Drake
1: I, was, I didn't say that Drake would stand the test of time. I said you Kendrick. Said no, I said Kendrick would. I said that Passion Fruit was just a big song. Um, it's not going to stand the test sorry. of time.
0: So, yeah, favourite song from the era, favourite album of the era?
3: We'll start with you, Nate. Um, I think favourite song. At the time, it was probably something off Chicken and beer, so, yeah. But I think in terms of the, what, I, what I played in the Clash, my favourite out of them was Down and Out, with the Kanye beat with the camera
2: just barring. Uh,
3: yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna go for that. That's probably the song I play the most still to this day now. I just love that beat and the way Cameron just flips it and he's just talking absolute grease. I'm there, ready to get the Pirates out, you know, so yeah, we'll go for that.
1: Yeah, so my favourite track from that era, during that era was probably 50 cent what up gangster but now I would 100% go for dips at anthem and then my album would without even a question be like water for chocolate Common sense money cash I went from bashful to to international
2: love herself word to mother on my last record cover felt now deal with it beautiful uh, For me, um, at the time, it, I couldn't separate um, No Escaping in This, uh, uh, Big Pun, B-Nuts, and um, Ugly by Bubba Sparks. Now, when I kind of listen back to that era, it's probably it's, uh, it's probably right where you stand by gangster. Troublesome to anyone who stands in the way. I stand on a if your man's in the way your girl want me because I do it better than you. The I just like just I'm you've got you've got like, Guru and young Jadakus just you, going sick video, on a DJ Premby like um, right, like um in terms of albums like, without even, right, even right, thinking. Not even a question. Uh right now. Like Fantastic Volume 2. Without even thinking. Slum Village were just just different. Um and at the time. In fact, it was them at the time too. I they used to get the most wheelups What about you, Dom? Uh, Dan? Um, well, <sighs> favourite song, I will
0: say. Um, um, I'm gonna go for the clips grinding. Like I was, I was hmm. huge into Neptune's. Obviously, I played Super Thug last week. And I mean yeah, clips grinding was just it's just disgusting to this day. It might even knock more now than it did back
3: then. I think it mm. does. I think it when I saw I saw it, uh perform it live in like twenty fifteen. And like, obviously, much, much older than, um, and it just fucking slapped, his, like, oh my! God. It's still, like, one of my favorite performances I've seen, like, just that song at the end of his set, because obviously he saved it till the end, and then like the beat came in and everything. No, I
1: saw him in 2018 in DC, so we just had arguably the best album of that year out in Daytona, mm. and he still closed with grinding, and mm. there's a reason for it.
2: So my, when I played for East London. That was always the final fact before way, we went out. That's and people as heavy as my name just start acting so stupid though, I can't
0: swear to it. I mean, that's it, yeah, that, along with what Simon says, if you want right 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 to get the place just to spook up, yeah, you're onto a good shout. I will have a little sleeper shout for, I don't know, Pete rock cake. I
1: was just lying.
0: I was like, is this even a hip-hop song? It was amazing. I've not ever heard it. I absolutely love this. And best album because Done when for problem. I'm gonna go Reflection Eternal. Yeah,
1: that's that's yeah. A,
0: that, was oh, that was like, yeah, that was. I bought those two, I don't know if it was together or nearly together. And I was like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, me too.
1: I think those two uh, arms are actually the ones that changed my. Like changed the, the trajectory of my taste in that era. Like when I picked those two up, it was like, okay, there's a whole lot of shit that I need to discover now. Mm. I, just I know, think just, for me,
0: that
2: was just a, want to
1: give a shout. Yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to Speakerbox Love
2: Below as well because uh, they both kind of changed the parameters of what I think hip hop could be and still be a commercial success. Gentlemen, it's
0: been a pleasure. We'll come back with another.
3: Sound watch this weekend, have a good one. Take it easy guys. Enjoy, stay safe
2: everyone, see ya. One. Go!